Hi everyone, welcome back to Quadrivium's podcast. My name is Brandon and unfortunately WoW 2.0 can't be with us here today because we have actually traveled to bring you our guest all the way from Nigeria. I'm going to let him introduce himself and then we'll get into the podcast. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Michael John. I'm the co-founder and CEO of uh, Druve. Druve is a online platform. It's literally ad tech uh, that helps businesses reach their customers more organically. Um, so basically, we're reimagining how you acquire customers and build new markets. Okay. Okay. So welcome to the podcast. And thanks for being here. Genuinely, like, actually, thank you for being here and sitting with us. Um, so we, so what we do in our podcast, we do a section called Tech in Africa, where we talk about different things happening in all of Africa in the um, field of tech. And recently, we've been having guests on our podcast. So we did want to get some people from the continent itself to share their story and speak to us about their journey so far. But before we get into what you do, um, what was your passion as a child? Well, well, what did you like doing? Because now we know you're in the field of tech. Was this what you always wanted to do? Uh, to be honest, I I didn't quite know what I always wanted to do. Mm. Um, I mean, I think my mom at some point when I was like a teenager said, you know, when you were always young, you always told me you wanted to be a soldier, you know. So, oh, okay. Yeah, but like now I kind of take that back because <laughs> uh, that's that's a lot of work. Mm. Um, so I really didn't have a, a dream like I wanted to be, but uh, I knew I liked solving problems. Oh, interesting. So were you good at puzzles as a kid? Oh, I was drawn to puzzles. I was drawn to video games. I was drawn to things that were difficult. I mean, that's madness. But yes, I was drawn to difficulty. I literally wow. um, quit certain classes like as a youngster just because they weren't difficult enough. I dropped biology. I almost dropped biology because it was too Well, easy. because it wasn't difficult. Yeah. Enough. Wow. Um, I wished I could drop biology <laughs> <laughs> because it was difficult enough. <laughs> so that, that's my experience with biology. Okay. Speaking about um, studies and school, where what did you study? Um, college, university? Uh, so my university, I studied civil engineering. Oh, okay. Solving problems. Mm, yeah, engineering problems. Mm. Uh, it was uh, so I. Hmm. Well, okay. What what was that experience like? The, it was hard. Experience? It was hard. It was hard. Okay. It's it's really hard. Um, that's partly due to the fact that uh, here in Nigeria, the education now system is still catching up. So I was in school for like five years, oh, right? Okay. And I was using like paper and pen. And uh, when I came out to the world, literally like during my uh, industrial years, like industrial training years. Mm. So you have like this six month period where you're actually doing industrial training. And I discovered that the world had gone far, far beyond pen and paper. We were like almost like five to 10 years behind. Wow. Yeah. Did, okay. So did any of that then translate into maybe like in the future, creating certain difficulties for you? Because you're saying, while you were in uni, you were five to ten years behind. Did that translate into, or did you have to go and self-learn certain things? Or 
Oh, uh, it didn't translate into difficulties uh, for me. I mean, for some of my colleagues, it did. Uh, some people who just, I mean, graduated and didn't even bother practicing. Uh, I, on the other hand, have an affinity for difficulty. So I found myself in a difficult situation. Mm. And for some reason, I was excited. Um, so that kind of happened to be my third startup. Uh, it was called um, CES2. It was a civil engineering software training for university. So I literally graduated from school and oh. started a company to solve that problem. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and it was it was wonderful. Oh, wait, so that means you've created like three... Uh, I'm on my seventh startup. You're on your seventh... Startup, yes. Wow. Okay, can you just list each of them and give us like a 30 seconds... Oh, wow. Elevator speech. Pitch, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I hope I can remember all seven, but I'll try. Um, first startup um, was while I was in high school. Um, the problem I was trying to solve was while I was in high school... We had a lot of students who couldn't pay their school fees, mm. so they always got kicked out from class. Um, I was partly jealous because they would always be playing football outside while I'm in class, and I kind of wanted everybody to be on a level playing field. So I started a mutual fund, actually, in secondary school. It was very simple. I pitched to some of my colleagues. They brought money together. We would fund social nights, get people to buy tickets, oh, okay. make profits, share profits, 30% of our profits was going into charity and we were paying the school fees of our colleagues. Oh, wow. Um, before I graduated, we had paid the school fees of three of my mates. Well, okay. I would yeah. just applaud you because <laughs> that is... Yeah, thanks. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's the first startup. Uh, second startup happened when I was in university. Um, I got into school and I was determined not to call home. Uh, I got broke and found myself in a difficult situation again. Uh, I was staying, staying in the hostels mm. and kind of like figured out that people were lazy to go downstairs to buy water for themselves. So I literally became a pure water in Nigeria. We have pure water, sachet water. Sachet water. Yeah, yes. I became a sachet water retailer. I grew from one bag, just 15 naira, uh, to about 2,000 naira in the space of one month, four weeks. Yes. Yeah, so okay, you you racking the the numbers. You definitely <laughs> racking the numbers. Okay, so um, the third startup, third startup was Sestu. So I had graduated yeah. and realized that I was leaving school, uh, and there were thousands of people who were going to come after me, mm. who were in the same predicament because the um, curriculum wasn't getting updated fast enough. So I self thought myself civil engineering software. And uh, went back to my school, created a course, uh, a one-week crash course to teach um, people from 400 level to 500 level how to use civil engineering software and hook them up to gigs and companies that are willing to employ them. Yeah, uh, I started with my alma mater and we were able to train uh, close to 20 undergraduates who we certified uh, before that packed up. <laughs> oh. Um, I get, I get at some point I get to talk about the failures, but maybe not today. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So that's number three, right? Yeah. That's number three. Number four, um, was a startup with a, I co-founded, um, it was called B Circle. Um, basically it was going to be a virtual incubator. So when I was, f as at the point when I was, uh, growing Cestu, um, I kind of figured out that 
I wasn't solving the problem fast enough. I needed more people like me to create businesses, right? Okay. So the question was, how can we mass produce entrepreneurs, right? I mean, people are going to come out of universities looking for jobs, but entrepreneurs are the people who create businesses that employ people. So mm. the question was, how do we mass produce entrepreneurs who are building valid businesses? So B Circle was going to be uh, a virtual incubator with a multi-level marketing system on it. Um, so it was that one place that you would have knowledge, mentorship, and funding um, all in one. And if you didn't get funding from someone else, you could actually just refer people and raise your money for yourself, your own capital. Um, so we, we launched, we pseudo launched. Uh, we were able to raise 750,000 naira, naira um, as seed capital. Uh, we launched in two universities. Um, but we were inexperienced and so that packed up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so that kind of introduced me to incubators and accelerators. Um, that's my fourth startup. That's right? your fourth. Yeah. The fifth startup was uh, a company called uh, Chicken Order. So it's very simple. We were going to supply chicken to consumers who lived in like closed estates. So people who were working, okay. but they didn't have time. And so just by having the app, the Chicken Order app, it would prompt them based on their consumption habits on mm. when to buy. So very simple. If you if you always cook on Fridays, maybe over the weekend, on Saturday, chicken order will send you a notification asking if we should deliver chickens chicken. to uh-huh. you. And if you said yes, you would literally um, deliver, deliver chickens. So oh, okay. the, the, the UVP, the unique value, value proposition, was that all our chickens were going to be organic. So non, no frozen chicken, no oh. preservatives. None, none whatsoever. Um, we grew, uh, we grew from, wow, we grew from 50 chickens to 200 chickens to when we couldn't, um, satisfy the demand anymore. So I had to go into partnerships with other farmers, uh, had two staff, um, and then I got poached (laughs) from my own startup. Yeah. So that kind of stopped. So someone took you away from... Oh, yes. So um, I got an offer at the, the um, VC firm, Ventures Platform, yeah. yeah, to come head the incubation, be the incubation manager, basically. Oh, okay. At the, so that's five. So six... That's five. Um, six is um, a company called Autopay. It's, a, it's basically a software. So you know how when you borrow money to your loved ones or friends yeah. and family, it's kind of hard to ask them back for that money, even though you need that money, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's not like, you know, a structured loan system. Mm-hmm. So Autopay was going to be, uh, well, we did create the app and we did a like, pseudo launch, a mini launch. It was going to be the app where instead of me asking you for money, I just send you an Autopay. So literally it goes... Um, Brandon, I'd like to auto pay you. It sends a text message. Yeah. I'd like to auto pay you fifty thousand naira, right? Mm-hmm. On so so date. So it's synced to your card and my card. And so what happens is on that date there's an auto deduction of that money without you having to ask me to pay you back, yeah. right? Yeah. We just started to make make things uh seamless, right? When it comes okay. to borrowing money and there'll be more trust you know, within friends and you don't have to have issues with your friend because you know, paying you back your money and stuff. Um, and then the seventh startup is true. It's true. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll get into the seventh, um, startup later. Wow, um, yeah, seven. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is, that is impressive. That is very, very impressive. 
Um, on, the, on the downside or the good side? <laughs> <laughs> on the downside or the good side, no. But, so are all, okay, the six of them, are some of them still running? Uh, I mean, just, just chicken order is still running. Chicken order is still running? Yeah. Oh, okay. And you still, still yours? Uh, so I kind of handed that over to staff. But do you have like... Yeah, I was in Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Just, just making sure your hand is still, your hand is still in there. So before we go into the seven startup, was you studied civil engineering? Was yeah. the plan to get a job in civil engineering? Because you said, although you said yes, you enjoyed solving problems, as you were doing all the other stuff, the you know helping people learn, was the plan to say, okay, I am still going to get my nine to five. I know as a Nigerian, I don't know if the same for you, but even those of us back in the UK, it's oh no, you need to go get a job so that you can pay bills, so that you're financially secured. Was that the same part you were thinking of going? Or was your mind always just, I'm going to go solve this problem. I'm not worried about the nine to five. So to be honest with you, I was never going to get a job. I was never going to get a job for two reasons. I, I'm, I'm always like inclined to purpose. So I'm okay. like, so I had, I had a fight with my mom about going to school. To be honest with you, I really didn't want to go to school. Mm. Um, I was almost not in school, but like I had a fight with my mom and I kind of just had to go to school, to university, <laughs> right? Um, and something that kind of just like triggered me was um, one day I was having a conversation with my brother, my immediate senior brother, and he asked a, a question and he was like, so what are you going to do after school? Mm. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know, right? And uh, so we, we started doing the maths, right? Because, I mean, it was like, if you're going to go to school, it's going to have to be worth it, right? Yeah. So what are you going to do now that five years from now would would make sense? And mm. so we started doing some math. And he was like, okay, so civil engineering, you got admitted for civil engineering. So what are you going to to do? They're like people in 100 level, 500, 200, 300, 400, 500. That okay, are, so just explain those levels because to us, we don't Oh, we don't so in, and, in the Nigerian University, we have, um, there are five levels. So there's 100 level when you just enter. And so for a course like civil engineering, you, you spend five years. Okay. And so each year is a level. So 100 oh, okay. level, 200 level, 300 level, 400 level, and 500 level. Okay. And so on each level, they're students, right, who are studying civil engineering. So imagine if 1,000 people come in at 100 level, uh, and of course, over the years, people drop off, mm -hmm. right? So let's say there's 1,000 at 100 level, 700, 200, 500, 300, 200 in 400 level, and then let's say like the, the same 200 go to 500 level. Yeah. So for each year, you're having new people. Okay. So imagine someone like me who was just going in that year. It means that there's the scarcity of jobs, first of all, I mean, people are not just going to quit because you're finishing school, right? Mm. And somebody has to be creating those jobs. So the question was, um, if you're going to go to school looking for a nine-to-five, how are you sure that that nine-to-five exists by the time okay. you're done? Okay. So what's going to make you different? And I mean, like, we had that conversation. And I just, I was always inclined to not having a, um, a nine-to-five. But that kind of sealed it for me. And I was like, nah. Never going to do this. Okay, so there's a there's a conversation we always have within ourselves accordingly, and it's about is uni important? Should people go to university? Mm. What's your take on that? Um, so 
there's some parts of uni that's important. So I think uni um, gives you a certain kind of discipline, okay. right? I mean, um, the fact that you have deadlines and deliverables and the fact that you have just one semester that's like a, a specific period of time of which you need to, you know, do certain things. I mean, it creates discipline, but um, more importantly, um, if you take that discipline aspect, like if you can have that discipline aspect in some other way, right, um, then it's boiled down to just getting an education, right? Yeah. And I think the four walls of a university doesn't really, it doesn't matter if you get that education within the four walls of a university or on YouTube or okay. on Udemy, right? Having that knowledge, that education is what really like matters, right? Um, one of the things you learn from university is the ability to go get information for yourself and come to conclusions, right? Process information appropriately and independently. Um, but if you can do that without going to the forwards of your university, there's no point, right? Yeah. And when it comes to that discipline, I mean, if you if you start an internship, right, uh, that gives you that structure, right, that you have deadlines. I've seen people who didn't go to university who did what we call apprenticeship, you mm-hmm. know, like in, in Nigeria, the Igbo tribe have this thing called apprenticeship. Yeah, we, we have something similar as well. Yeah, and so they do that and they come out with so much discipline, like even more discipline, especially with regards to money, than people mm-hmm. who who leave the university, right? Um, so I think the university provides two things, discipline and education. Uh, there's a lot of platforms that are unbundling the education that university provides. Uh, but with regards to discipline, I think the four walls of the university still kind of have uh, have the edge on that mm-hmm. until someone can hack it. Maybe that'll be like my eighth startup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We I, I we know a couple of people as well who are especially in Nigeria who are trying to either better or find new ways, and also in the area of um, employability for when people come out university. of university because that's in recent years has been an issue. I know someone speaking about. People come out from uni and they ask them, do you have Microsoft soft skills? Yeah. And a lot of people don't. Don't, yeah. I don't have a, we have a friend um, who wrote a book, Social Media is Your New CV, and how she's got in international jobs and how people now in Nigeria are getting international jobs, but then they still have to go get those yeah. soft skills. And Yeah, so I, I, th- I think, um, I mean, I'm going to speak from the Nigerian perspective. So the universities in, in Nigeria, like, they need to up their curriculum because, like, the world is moving at like light speed now. Yeah. So, you, I mean, f- seven years ago, they were obsolete. Now they're going to just like be irrelevant, right? Mm. If, if they continue at this pace. So the university has to prepare the students for the future of work, okay. basically. Yeah. Okay. Speaking about the future, you've, as you said, seven startups so far. Um, <laughs> Tell us more about your seven, which you briefly mentioned uh, when you were introducing yourself. Um, so what is it exactly? Because when we spoke briefly, yeah. which was one of the reasons I really wanted to get you on the podcast, you're using WhatsApp yeah. as a tool for advertising. If I'm not, if I'm getting it in layman's Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. We're using WhatsApp as a tool for advertising. And from where I'm coming from, it's like, I would never have thought of using WhatsApp. Of using WhatsApp as a tool. So what is a startup? We're not telling, asking you to give us like your whole... Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> because, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to... Yeah, if you want to share some of the knowledge behind it, you know. 
I mean, it's it's. But I'm guessing if you're the first in the market, maybe no one would ever steal your place. But you know, so what 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 is a startup and what exactly do you guys do and how does it work? Okay, so um, Drew is a ad tech startup. What we do is two sided. We help businesses get through to their customers organically. So the problem we noticed on this side of things, on the business side, is that a lot of businesses were making promotions on social media and trying to get to customers. Uh, but if you've ever done a Facebook or uh, an Instagram or a Twitter promotion, oh, yeah. or should I call names? Yeah. A you social can, media. Uh, you can call, we, 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 we call them out. <laughs> All right. The yeah. social media uh, promotion, you'd find out that, like, first of all, the conversion rate is kind of low. Mm. Um, so like Facebook has uh, like 0.9%, oh, okay. right, conversion rate. So it means oh. that if you were to advertise, pay for a thousand people to see your ad, just nine are going to probably click. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and it goes even lower, right? I mean, <laughs> like <laughs> it's um, Google ads is kind of like less than Facebook. LinkedIn oh. is less than Google ads. And then Twitter is like less than LinkedIn, right? So... Um, you're putting a lot of money into advertising, mm-hmm. but then, I mean, and then when you finally get clicks, right, that click doesn't necessarily convert into business, right? So the fact okay. that someone yeah. clicks your ad yeah. doesn't mean it's business. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another problem. So you understand how complex yes. this problem is, right? Yeah. So we decided to solve that problem, and it was very simple. The greatest form of, of advertising is word of mouth, Yeah. right? I tell my friend, my friend believes it because it's me. True. Right? Uh, and... In here in Africa, WhatsApp is the most used platform okay. for communication. It's used more than Facebook, Facebook Messenger and Facebook itself, right? Um, so what we did was we we decided to use that as a medium for advertising. So we're giving businesses the ability to put their products in front of consumers through mm-hmm. their friends. Okay. Right. So we're using the WhatsApp status. Yeah. to do that um and i mean so far we've we've have we have 200 active users uh we started just like um three months ago oh so yeah so this is like the fresh baby yes yeah, very crop. fresh baby so we started three months ago um 200 active users um we have an average monthly revenue of 500 dollars um we've serviced some of the big names so basically uh companies like opay Okay. Uh, we service them uh, in their expansion across Nigeria. And then we have like a number of uh, independents and small businesses, small and medium businesses come on the platform. And our click rates are pretty high. Uh, so we have between 4% to 15%. Wow. So that is what? Four yes. times, almost four times more than... It's 300% more. Oh, then the zero point. Oh, yeah, okay. we're three hundred percent more effective than than what's currently out there, and I mean it's due to the fact that we are kind of imitating organic advertising, so yeah. it's, it's kind of straightforward. Okay, um, so we've clearly established that you have a vast experience. Also, oh, and there's the second side of the problem. The problem. Oh, yes. So the so second the... side of the problem is that uh, recently on the news, like the the World Bank. And a lot of international organizations are mm. uh, called Afri- Nigeria precisely like the poverty capital of the world, right? Wow. So what that means is that fifty uh, percent of our population live yeah. under two dollar a day. 
Mm. Right. Um, so how we solve that problem at Druve is that um, we are turning everyone's phone into a billboard. Yeah. So, um, I mean, normally to own a billboard in Nigeria, you're paying like hundreds of thousands in taxes and in licenses and in all of that. Okay. Uh, but now we've, we've kind of brought that home. So if you have a phone that's WhatsApp enabled, you can earn money just by posting ads to your WhatsApp status. So mm. literally now on daily, we have people that are, we're literally taking people out of poverty because on Druv daily, you get to make $2, two cents. Oh, okay. Right. So... That covers for your data. That supplements the money that you are already making, if any. Mm. Uh, if you are on the underemployed, we just upgraded your status, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, so we're solving problems on both sides. So for the businesses, they're growing, and then for the people, they're growing they're as, well. as well. Okay, I another <laughs> <laughs> like literally another round of applause. Uh, when you say you you like fixing problems, you literally you like fixing problems. Yeah, like. <laughs> Fixing problems. Um, I'm not just going to ask it in terms of Drew, but that, because clearly you have a vast experience as we've established. Um, being an entrepreneur, I think I can confidently call you an entrepreneur because sometimes that word has been thrown around know, so right? much that you're like, okay, are you a businessman? Are you, but entrepreneurship, I believe, is part of what you're doing is solving problems, yeah. problems and making people employable. And, you know, so... What would you say so far the biggest challenge has been? Maybe one, since Drew is still very young, what's been mm. the biggest challenge in, you know, creating that business, Drew, especially in the environment you're in? And then mm. as an as an entrepreneur or people who are planning to become an entrepreneur, what, what do you think some of the challenges they will face are? Hmm. So uh, very straightforward, like one of the most fundamental challenges is infrastructure right so mm. here it's data is expensive i mean when you compare to what it should be right data yeah, is really yeah. expensive um and then there's a like a, a general enlightenment that needs to be done right okay. um so if you get into the tech space right you wouldn't notice that you're in a bubble until you go out there mm. right so uh the Nigerian tech space is still very nascent. Like the startup space is like super nascent. So there are like two major problems. So there's the there's the uh, absence of infrastructure for technology. And then there's the absence of the understanding or the enlightenment for technology. Mm. So like these are like the two major challenges, right? Um, and so there's, there's also this thing that happens in Nigeria. Uh, it's, it's regulation. Okay. So... Um, there's a new startup. It's leveraging technology. So let, let me put it this way. The infrastructure is bad. So the startups have to either come up with solutions that solve infrastructures. I'll give yeah. you an example. These ride hailing, right? It's because the roads aren't good. It's because the cities are congested. And so a company like Opay will come with ride hailing, right? Where you mm. can use bikes to move around. Okay. Because infrastructure is bad. So we're innovating around infrastructure. But then the problem is that when you innovate like that, the government regulations tend to choke out the innovation before it even buds. Okay. Right? Okay. So, I mean, the way it should be is that the the innovation comes, the government supports, makes a, an enabling environment for the innovation to try, create employment, yeah. become kind of standardized, and then you regulate Right. Okay. So that there's no abuse of the service. 
But now regulation is coming in at baby stage. So it's like asking a baby to be responsible, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to first let the baby break things. Of course, you're going to watch over the baby, but yeah, you're not going yeah. to hinder his growth or her growth, right? And so um, that's, that's another thing. So basically technology, regulations, and uh, just the enlightenment for technology. For also. technology. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I was speaking to someone. I mean, can I add one more thing? Yeah, sure. All right. So I would like to add that um, there's, a, there's a perception that uh, there's an absence of funding here in Africa. So mm. I personally do not believe that. Um, we, we found a lot of entrepreneurs starting businesses because yeah. they want to raise money, right? Okay. But that's not entrepreneurship. Like, that's not problem solving. You're starting, you're starting a business so that the business can be sustainable. Mm. Yeah? So um, why are you trying to raise money if you're not getting revenue, right? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. the excuse of being scalable. Like, at scale, you'll start making money, right? But the problem is your unit economics don't add up when you're small. What makes you think that your unit economics is going to add up when you're big yeah, yeah, yeah. and you've gotten a lot of money, right? Um, so I just wanted to say that a lot of people identify that as problems yeah. that they face in the African ecosystem, but I, I don't think so. I think if you're building a business that is actually solving the problem and is profitable on the unit level, then the investor money and the VC money and all sorts of funding is going to come after you. Generally, investors wouldn't want to invest in stuff that's not working. Like, who does that? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, um, a lot of knowledge there that even I'm, I'm learning as, as we're speaking. Um, for you as a person, what would you say has been the, the biggest growth you've made? Because I know in terms of my journey from after uni, working, trying my hand at a startup and everything like that, there's been certain parts where, we've, where I've seen myself grow. You've been doing this for a while, clearly. Yeah. What would you say have been the, the, the biggest arc in terms of where you've grown as a person? Um, for me, uh, I think the biggest arc came when I started having my first uh, employees. Okay. Um, so when you understand that, like, the lives and the livelihood of another person entirely depends on your innovativeness your ability to bring in business and keep business, right? Like it's a it's a load of responsibility. Mm. Um, and so like I gained so much maturity because like sometimes you have employees who are like, the boss is bad, you know, why is the boss oh, making yeah, us do this yeah. and all of that. And like in my mind, I'm like, I'm doing this for you, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, um, but then like I had like clarity because like there was this, 2020 vision i could i had been where they were right and i could see from my own perspective and like i think i think it just made me kinder made me a whole lot more kinder okay. it made me um a whole lot more determined right so a lot of things i do is like i tell my employees like if you ever work with me i don't want you to work with me forever mm. right like have a dream right and i will support your dream just as long as you train somebody to take over from you when you're leaving, <laughs> when you're leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah Okay, so what would you say has been the your lowest point? There was a time when we had clients, like clients were rolling in. Yeah. And I knew my role in the company because, well, they were clients, so I'm not thinking of clients. Yeah. And then when clients aren't rolling in as much, and now you have to fill all the spaces, and now I'm like, I feel dispensable. I feel like, oh, I can. And it's, it's such a low place. 
to be at. Um, well, that's for me. Was there like a low point for you where you were like, oh, am I throwing the towel here or I just need the stage to pass by? Especially being, you were speaking about the lack of infrastructure. I, I can't even begin to imagine certain things that is a norm for us that you guys would be going through in terms of creating a business. Like our biggest issue is HRMC, which are the tax people. Like mm. the moment you register your business. We're not thinking of internet, data. Mm. The only time you're starting of maybe like server space in our line of work is when you've become really big and you have like 500,000 people on your platform. That's when you start thinking, oh my God, I have to spend so much money. Yeah. Um, so I think my lowest point, uh, my lowest point has been like, so when you have uh, co-founder disputes, uh, mm. that's, that's low that's like <laughs> really low right so um for one of those startups i wouldn't like to mention which one <laughs> it was really low because like here's the thing like for every time you're working on your own company there are like five other jobs offers that you're turning down right okay so uh, amazingly um there are jobs in nigeria it's just that the problem is finding people who are employable enough mm. right and so when you start a company and you're responsible for people and all of that, you have all these job offers being thrown at you, right? And then you're like, okay, do I stop or do I continue? And yeah. so when you've built a vision with like a team and you've, you know, turned down all of these um, offers and all of these alternatives, right? It's like foregone alternatives. And like because of co-founder disputes, mm -hmm. you have to like shut down the startup. And then you're like, I wish, you know, like, yeah. I like, so what do I do now? Where do I go next? Right. Mm. And it's, it's like, cause you've given yourself so much to a particular vision. Right. And it's, it's a really low point. Um, another low point is when like, you're the only person who sees your vision. So like you have staff who are working with you, but they don't see the vision like you. Yeah. And it's like, you're alone. Like you, you're in the midst of people, but you're like literally alone. And then it's your responsibility to like encourage yourself. Like you really wish that there was somebody there to like pat you in the back and be like, you can do this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, uh, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you'd have those low points on and off, on and off. Like for me, like those are like some of the lowest points. But like over time, I guess I've gotten used to those low points. I can literally identify when I'm on that low point <laughs> now, right? So... It has to be with a state of mind. Like you really can innovate around all the physical challenges, mm. right? But like if you ever get to the point where you are almost getting out of the state of mind that got you to start being an entrepreneur, yeah. that's what I classify as like a, a, low, a point. low point. Okay. So you mentioned earlier that you were poached. Yeah. So does that mean that you currently have a nine to five? And I heard a saying in that in Nigeria, if you don't have two source of income, you are not a serious person. <laughs> like you, you must have two line of work or something that you're doing on the side. Uh, so I will agree and disagree. Um, so I'm doing, I'm doing 95, not because I, uh, I don't think I would survive without the 95. Okay. It's because the 95 is actually in line with my passion. So what I do is I, I'm the program manager at an accelerator. So okay. what we do is find find companies and fund them, right? And literally, that is part of what I like doing, right? So I'm helping other entrepreneurs 
grow their companies, um, giving them introductions to places that they naturally wouldn't have access to. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's fun for me because I get to meet these wonderful people who are like me. Mm-hmm. And because I've walked in their shoes and I have done what they did, I can help them avoid mistakes. Um, but yes, the nine to five does augment, augment the finances of the company. So, um, there are some times where you need to pay salaries and you're like, okay, when my salary comes in, I'll pay your salary, salary. right? Yeah. So is, is that like one of the sacrifices you've, you've had to make? Cause I remember I was watching, um, a program and the, the owner of the startup was like, his job was to make sure that everybody, that all his staff were paid first. Yeah. So even if he didn't end up paying himself for two months, as yeah. long as his staffs were paid, yeah, he was happy. Is that like one of the sacrifices you you've had to make? Oh yeah. So um, with Juve, I still don't get paid. Oh okay. Yeah. So um, I mean, it's been three months, and yeah, I haven't gotten paid for for it. For three uh, months, right? So. And that's, I think, a lot of people don't realize that that is part of being an yeah. entrepreneur. Like you said, some people want that twenty million dollars investment and. Ah, oh, maybe yeah, oh, good. And, you know, and they think that's what then gives them the the lifestyle and the you know. So some people are looking for like that one big. Yeah, detail. so they end up being like grantpreneurs or mm. you know, VCpreneurs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it is a sacrifice you have to make um, yeah. if you believe in your vision, uh, because you're building something, right? Um, yeah. It's not yeah. built. So you're going to have to make, think about it like building a house, right? You'd, you'd have to put some things down so your workers can work, right? So yeah, that's, that's it. Okay, some more lighthearted questions. Um, from speaking to you now, I just feel like your mind is always working. So what's like the big problem for you that you say, this is something I want to fix? Because you're like, I, I feel like you have now seen things as, as a puzzle that you need to put together. So is there something that you that's at the back of your mind or, or a thought that just passed by your mind sometimes you're like ooh that would be something interesting to fix ah yes 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 um sorry when you say something interesting to fix are you like in my personal life or like something like a, <laughs> no, like a no, problem like, I'm like I, I, really I mean like I don't know if you want to tell us about your personal life but mm. I mean like a problem that you're like okay this would be interesting oh yeah I would like to fix housing and house oh, okay. ownership Ah, so the thing is, um, you don't find a lot of Nigerians in Nigeria, like Africa, actually, that Mm. can afford to own their own houses. Okay. Right. Uh, We don't have a good credit system. So like you can't even do a proper mortgage, mortgage. So people end up paying like rent for the rest of their lives. I know this happens in other continents where people live on rent till they die. Right. But I would really like for people to be able to own the roof. Under oh, which yeah. they live, right? And right. I mean, it's possible for people to do that, but I would like to make it easier. Okay. I'd like to solve that problem. Another lighthearted question. Uh, we're coming towards the end of the podcast. What would be like your two tips, especially for people who want to start a business? So this can be anywhere in the world. I think there's probably some general rules if you're going to go into entrepreneurship. What would be like your two top tips? And then one specifically for people who live in on your continent or in your country, Nigeria. So let me get that straight. Two top tips for... Like entrepreneurship in general. In general, yeah. And then... And then maybe one more specific for like people who are here because they wouldn't face the challenges that everyone else might okay. be facing. All right. Um, two tips for entrepreneurs around the world. Uh, heart and mind. 
Okay. Um, these are the two things you need to succeed. Heart, you must have your why. Your heart has to do with your why. Your why is what grounds you. It is the reason why you are starting this company. It is the reason why you are running it differently from every other person in the market. It is the reason why you have fallen in love with a problem that you must solve, right? Never lose your why. Your why is the core of your being and it makes you who you are. The day you get disconnected to your why, from your why, I mean, you've lost it. Um, and then mind. So that's heart, yeah. mind. Mind, never have your mind in a box. Always be willing to learn. Things are being created every day. There are new things every day. Just because it wasn't done in the past doesn't mean it cannot be done today. So be open to learning. Travel. Expose yourself. Like literally go to places that you do not know and just experience stuff. It opens your mind. And that's the mind that you need to win. And then for people here in Nigeria, um, so here's the tip for you. If you're in Nigeria, if you're in Africa um, right now, as I'm speaking, this is the 21st of uh, the greatest opportunities are in the places with the greatest problems. Mm. Africa has more problems than any other continent in the world. If you can solve Africa's problem, then you are sure to be a success. So don't run away from the problem. Face it and try to solve it. You're actually in the land of plenty. So like there's so much opportunity. So it depends on how you see it. If it's a problem or it's an opportunity, that would determine where you'd be in like the next 10 years. Okay. So I'm not saying you shouldn't travel, but you know, have that mindset. Okay. So before we let you go, is there any maybe books you're reading, podcasts you listen to, things you watch that you want to share? Um, so we just like asking people. Sometimes we share like maybe a book we're reading. So is there anything that you either read, listen, that you think, okay, it would be good if people haven't read it or something you're currently reading? I mean, uh, podcast. Okay, I mean, so this is across all, all yeah, yeah, multimedia. Yeah. So go watch Silicon Valley. If you've watched Silicon Valley, watch it again, <laughs> right? Um, Silicon Valley is very insightful. Uh, with podcasts, um, go listen to YC. YC has really amazing stuff for you, podcast-wise. Um, there's also... Um, oh my God, I'm trying to remember his name. Um, well, if you remember it, send it to us. We'll yeah, I would. Just I would. Okay. Um, is there anything <laughs> else you know. want to uh, just share, say in general that crossed your mind while we're speaking? Or? Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, okay. Um, well, do you want to tell the people your name if you have any social media handles you want to share? Oh, yes. Uh, you can follow me on social media, across all social media. My handle is at Michael Prenior. So Michael is, is with the E-Fest. So E-A-L, Michael Prenior. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Once Listen, once again, thank you for coming. Enjoyed, enjoyed speaking with you. Oh, um, I think we're going to do this one more time. Anytime we're back in the country, we're definitely going to have another conversation with you. Once again, thank you. And everyone listening, thank you for listening. Of course, as mentioned, you can listen on all platforms and yeah, see you guys on the next one.